Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to our weekly edition of 52 Players. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the undersheriff here in Suffolk County uh, to Errol Toulon, the sheriff. Uh, Steve Keyhouse is our very special guest, and he's had you know, one hell of a career before the sheriff's office, after the sheriff's office, and, uh, well, currently he's, uh, he's there. Uh, one of the things we'll be talking about, too, is the, the National Night Out, which occurs on Tuesday, August 3rd, from 5 to 8 p.m., and it is a great event. It's uh, taking place in Ridge at Fireman's Memorial Park, and a uh, special guest there will be former Ranger Tom Laidlaw, and we've had Tom on the show uh, several times, and he's a, he's a self-help speaker and self-help writer, but uh, the kids uh, will, will absolutely love what's going on. A lot of the law enforcement guys will be down there and spending some time with the kids, and it'll be ice cream and everything else, but it's the National Night Out on August 3rd between 5 and 8 in Ridge. Let me welcome the undersheriff. Steve Keyhouse. Steve, how are you? I'm well, Frank. Thank you so much for having me. Well, listen, I'm thrilled uh, thrilled to have you, and uh, you know, we'll get into the National Night Out in a little bit. I know it's a uh, it, it's a favorite of everyone who's ever attended it. Uh, but first, let's get a, let's get to know you a little bit. And you, you've had one hell of a career, like I said, and uh, you were uh, the East End uh, Chief for the DA's office for, uh, for, for years, and I think that's when I first met you. Uh, you were there. But let's start from the beginning. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Sure. I, uh, I, grew, up, I grew up in Sayville, uh, right here on Long Island, on the South Shore, and uh, great place, still a great place. You know, it was a great place when I was there, and, you know, and I'm down there all the time. Uh, I currently live in Yapank, but um, I'm always down in Sayville, and I have so many friends down there. Um, just, a, just a wonderful place to grow up. Um, yeah, and so I grew up in Sayville. I went to all Catholic schools. Um, I went to St. Lawrence right there in Sayville. That was my parish. Then I went to St. John the Baptist in West Islip. And then I went to a small Catholic university in, da- in actually in Irving, Texas. As you know, with Dallas Cowboys used to play there yeah. in Irving, right? Yep. And uh, University of Dallas. And uh, small Catholic school, only 1,000 undergraduates, Frank. That's smaller than my, my uh, wow. St. John the Baptist. We had 2,600 kids. You know, and uh, and so I went to Texas without ever visiting. <laughs> I went to Texas. Um, I love that school. Yeah, I love that school. Um, and then from there, uh, I went to law school in Oklahoma City at Oklahoma City University. So, you know, this is what I, I get a lot of this, Frank. Why did you go to Texas, number one? And number two, why did you go to Oklahoma <laughs> to go to law school? I mean, because I'm a Long Island kid. And yeah. people ask me, did, did you grow up out there and then move to Long Island? No, no. Um, I went to the University of Dallas because I wanted to go to a small Catholic school, and I thought I was going to go to Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, Maryland, but my parents and I were at a college fair at the Coliseum, you know, and there's hundreds of schools, and my, dad, my dad's a big history buff like me, and in fact, I majored in history in college, and so we're chatting with some people, and then if he sees, you know, across, you know, the, down, the, down the way, he goes, hey, look, Dallas. And my father says, hey, why don't we just go talk to that guy about I want to talk to him about the Kennedy assassination. Now, this is 1978. Wow. Wow. That's so because my father is a big history guy. In fact, you know, when we were kids, we always went to battlefields and stuff like that. And, you know, baseball of fame. So we go over there and they're chatting this, that and the other thing. The next thing you know, the guy's asking, what kind of school are you looking for? And I said, small Catholic school. That's where we are. And that and that was that. They started contacting me and sending me stuff. And 
and uh, my parents couldn't afford to send me down there to look at it, you know, back, you know, in those days. And so I, I just went, and uh, it was great. I loved it. And uh, that was the Cistercian order. The, the Cistercian priests, they were they go back to the Middle Ages, you know, and they had an abbey, and there's, and there's, a, there's a, they have a seminary, on you know, on campus and everything. Um, yeah, so I go back there all the time. I go back to Dallas all the time. I've been doing it since since I graduated. Um, I, I mean, very not, cool. And yeah, not to cut you off, but I mean that that that's an amazing uh, route to get there. Just think about it. Your father's love of history and yep. the connection to Dallas brings your father to. Uh, to, to question them about the the Kennedy of all things, the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> who, by the way, also first, uh, our first uh, Catholic president, right? President, and yeah. and, I, and boy, you, you see all the ties. University of Dallas from, uh, and I'm I'm surprised that you you said that. Uh, someone told me it, it's an excellent school, but it's mm -hmm. small. It is a very yeah. small uh, school, and the fact that. Your high school, I, I mean, also, let's put it in perspective. Most high school graduating classes are, you know, a couple of hundred kids or whatever. Sure. I mean, St. John the Baptist, it has a huge, huge, um, you know, what's the uh, attendance, you know, there. And, oh, yeah. Uh, just tremendous. But uh, what, what, what a difference. Before you continue, let me remind folks that are just tuning in or just turning on their radios a little late. Frank McKay here with Undersheriff. Steve Keyhouse, and he is our very special guest. Each and every week, we we put the the power players here in in Suffolk County, on and and Nassau County, Long Islanders in general, uh, up. And and this man's long overdue for the list. Uh, he was a, a player in the DA's office, and and certainly uh, as under sheriff, he uh, along with uh, uh, Errol Toulon, uh, the current sheriff and the past sheriff, who's now currently. The U.S. Marshal Vinnie DeMarco, he served under as well. Uh, very, very, you know, interesting career. Steve Keyhouse, once again, is our very special guest. Steve, going, let's let's go way back. Let's go b back before, uh, before college, before high school. Mm -hmm. uh, what was your first introduction into any kind of law enforcement, or, or for that matter, law? Sure. Um, my uncle, my dad's older brother, and it was just the two of them. My uh, my uncle was a New York City police officer. So and we 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 were always very close. They lived in um, Nassau County, and uh, my cousins and uh, and so we were always together. You know, we were like brothers. You know, brothers and sisters. That's how close we were. So we, my uncle had a big influence on me. And in fact, on my older brother, my older brother went to Suffolk Community College to major in criminal justice in the seventies, think because he wanted to be like Uncle Charles, right? So yeah. he ended up becoming an electrician and a really good one. Um, but that's that's the kind of influence. So for me though, like um, I did also. There's a couple of things I wanted to do. That was a big influence on me. And then my dad became a correctional officer here in Suffolk County in uh, 1972. I think he went in the academy after having, you know, he was a milkman. You know, remember those days, Frank? Sure. He was a milkman driving around the truck. Um, when I was little, he was a milkman. He had a tasty bread route. Um, and then he um, he also worked for Pinta Brothers, which was a uh, tractor-trailer transport, you know, I company in Deerfield. I remember Pinta sure. Brothers, yeah. And then, you know... My mother kept encouraging him to take civil service, and he did. And and then he became a correctional officer. And then and I so I and I also I wanted to be in law enforcement, but I also wanted to go to law school. And I also wanted to teach, Frank. And my and my mom used to say to me, 
If I said to her, I want to be a teacher, she'd say, that's great, Stephen, but go to law school because with a law degree, you could always teach. And then I, then next thing you know, I want to be in law enforcement. That's great, Stephen, go to law school because uh, with a law degree, you could still go into law enforcement. So no matter what I told my mom, you know, I joke around, like, what if I said I was going to be a priest? <laughs> and uh, she would have said, well, you could learn canon law. You know, <laughs> she would have said that. You know, so so I had all this. So I, I knew I was going to go to law school, but I, but I also knew the FBI. I want to be an FBI agent. The FBI was recruiting law degrees and a Accounting. Okay, so I thought, oh, this is perfect. I'll go to law school. So, so and the reason I went to Oklahoma City is because I was the TA and teacher's assistant for the head of the history department at uh, UD, and um, and he was a big Texan, and he was he was a lawyer, and he he was uh, the head of the department, and he wrote books, and uh, I did all I did all the testing for him, and also while well, he wrote books, you know, and I. You know, so he. I asked him. I, I said, you know, I'm thinking of staying in the Southwest and go to law school. Where would you recommend? And he said, in this this really, really uh, severe Texas trawl. And to be honest with you, the first week of school when I had him for my one of my class, I couldn't understand him. Yeah. But of course, you know, and then I learned. But he said, you know, there's a there's a school, a good fine institution up in Oak City, because that's what they call Oklahoma City. You know, yeah. up in Oak City. Oklahoma City University. They asked me to be the president of that institution, and he said it's a really good school, and uh, it's sort of like this school, and that it's small. And I said, all right, I'll look into it, and that's where I ended up going. So I applied there, and I got in, and then uh, I went there. And then the beauty of that, Frank, was I could come back to Dallas. So it's only one highway. You know, you take one highway from Dallas up to Oklahoma City. So I could, my brother followed me. My younger brother followed me to UD. So I would, I can come down on the weekends and visit him. And my friends were getting their MBAs, so they were still down there and stuff, you know. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's how I got into, and I wanted to be in law enforcement. So I meet with the FBI. So I meet with the FBI. They come to me because they, 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 they wanted to recruit me because I already had been in contact with them and stuff. So I'm, I'm talking to the guy, and we're finishing up everything. And he says, oh, you know what? There's one question I forgot to ask you. I said, what's that? He said, uh, do you wear contact lenses? I said, yes. He goes, how, do you know what your vision is, nearsighted? I said, yes. So I told him. He goes, oh, I'm so sorry. We, you just are beyond the on the, the parameters of what we take. No kidding. I, I couldn't oh, believe wow. it. For, wow. Oh, I was devastated. I was devastated. I couldn't, this, this was the only reason I was going to law school. I didn't want to go and, you know, represent people. And, that, you know, that would be boring to me, you know. Yeah. So, oh. and so I, at the time, you know, I was in the summers, I would, I worked for Gail Prudenti, and you know Gail very well. Sure. I'm sure you, you're good friends with her. And uh, I, in the summer, I worked for her and her husband, Bob Semino, Great, great. They were great. And Gail, you know, I told her what happened. And she said, Stephen, you can still be in law enforcement. You should apply for the district attorney's office. She said, I worked there before I went to the surrogates court and then went to private practice. That's how I knew about the deals. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known, you know. And then uh, that's and the rest is history. I ended up in 1986, I, you know, from, the, you know, I went into the DA's office. Um, you know, I didn't know. Listen, you know, you go in there and it's like a, Patrick Henry was the DA. Yep. You know, great DA. I loved him. He was great. And, uh, and that's how I got into the DA's office. Just, just uh, honestly, amazing. And when you talk about 1986, boy, it's, and, and you look young, you're in great shape or whatever. But, uh, my God, uh, that's a long career already. And it's still going. You know, we're, in, we're in 2021 at this point. And, uh, and I'll tell you, you've seen a lot of different leaders. You've seen a lot of different 
styles uh, come and go, whether it's uh, in the D. Well, you know, Justice Prudente, uh, you know, just uh, spending some time with her. And, of course, she was, you know, she was the head of the second department. Uh, groundbreaking career there as well. But uh, really, what a career, if you think about it, that you've had. Steve Keyhouse is our very special guest. He's the undersheriff and, and so many other things. And uh, let me remind folks, Frank McKay here, but much more importantly, everyone should attend and bring the kids to the National Night Out. And that's sponsored by the, the Sheriff's Department. And uh, New York Ranger Tom Laidlaw will be there, along with Sheriff uh, Errol Toulon. And the uh, the date on that is August 3rd, 5 to 8 p.m. And that's Tuesday night at uh, in Ridge. On uh, it, it's, uh, it's at Fireman's Memorial Park in Ridge. And it is a great event. And, you know, a lot of law enforcement types there. And, and uh, the, you know, the folks from the sheriff's office will, will be there. And it's just a, it's a great event for kids. I mean, you talk about good, clean fun and ice cream and things like that. It's a free event. You know, it's, uh, you know, just come down and, and enjoy yourself. Bring the kids. Uh, you know, people walk around with baby carriages and, and, and the little ones run around in a safe spot. All law enforcement types there and, and, you know, different athletes and so forth. But everyone, August 3rd, mark the date. It's a Tuesday night, 5 to 8. You, you won't regret it. Please come down. Frank McKay here once again with Steve Keyhouse, undersheriff here in Suffolk County. Uh, Steve, you and I uh, have uh, have something else in common. Uh, we, we love the Civil War. We love the history of, of the Civil War. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I, I can't think of a documentary on on that event that I, I haven't seen, and I'm sure, and there's many that I haven't seen, but I can't think of one. Uh, as soon as I hear it, I pick it up. I, I, I've had Ken Burns on this show several times, and I must have watched his series, you know, nine times, you know. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's a nine-part series, and I saw the thing eight or nine times. I, I've absolutely o- always loved it, but the leadership styles uh, that, uh, it, just a quick study of those four years, uh, very eventful years are, are, are amazing. And, you know, w- one of the things is, is Lincoln, you know, President Lincoln, mm-hmm. our greatest president of all time, kept the union to together. And if, if you study that war, you, you'll you'll realize how unpopular a man uh, Lincoln was. I mean, uh, the the North uh, thought he was blowing the war because he couldn't find the proper general. You know, McClellan. Uh, was was so indecisive, and when he put him there, it was uh, it, it was terrible, and uh, and he got blamed for that for not being able to find a general. He wanted one, and and ultimately he got Grant and and Sherman, um, you know, kind of uh, kind of came in in tandem and tandem and 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 Sheridan and so forth. But uh, as as we as we look back at the war, of course, Lincoln goes on to be the greatest president of all time. But if you think about it, the leadership. Uh, of Lincoln was uh, was extraordinary, but very unpopular as it was going on. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, Civil War, I, I, since I'm little, I mean, I, you know, little kid, I read so many books and watched so many. Ken Burns is outstanding, and anything he that he produces, it's unbelievable how much work he puts into it. And, uh, and, the, and the Civil War is my favorite. And baseball, too, because I love his baseball yeah, uh, documentary. No doubt. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, but the Civil War... Um, you know, I, you know, you, when you talk about leadership, you know, um, we, 
you know, uh, you know, I've been a supervisor a long time. I've worked for numerous supervisors, as you can imagine, throughout my career, and and uh, elected officials, and and um, so yeah, I, I I and being a student of history, I get to actually compare them, and uh, you find similarities, and because human beings, as you know, Frank, don't change. They really don't. It doesn't matter what century it's in. I mean, you you know, you find similar type of <laughs> DNA going way back, and. Uh, and that's why they say history, you know, it, you really should know history. Otherwise, you're going to fall into the same old problems that, you know, that they've done in the past. And, and uh, you know, Lincoln, and, and you know, and I'm, I'm in my office and I, I have a portrait of Lincoln in my office, you know. And uh, Lincoln, it's interesting because, yes, there's other reasons why there are certain people that, never, that didn't like Lincoln. And I'm talking about even today. I have a friend who's a, he's a historical scholar and constitutional scholar, and he doesn't like Lincoln. And I asked him why, and he said, well, he suspended habeas corpus. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's right. You know, and for people who don't know what that means is, you know, if, if you're if you're incarcerated and, you know, you bring a writ of habeas corpus, you know, it's, it's Latin for bring the body, you know, to the to the judge, basically. And you you do you want to seek immediate relief so you can be released? You know, we have that every Wednesday with the inmates here. They, the judge, Supreme Court judge holds court. And they bring writs of habeas corpus because they feel they're unjustly being held, right? So, so Lincoln suspended uh, habeas corpus, and there were people that were imprisoned that uh, were that he felt were, um, and they were journalists. You know, people can imagine today journalists being imprisoned. Yeah, amazing. You know, yeah. and yeah, because of he felt that they were uh, sedition. You know, and what they were printing and things like that. So there are people that like them, you know, for that that type of stuff. But you know, when overall you have to look at the emergency that was going on. I mean, we we've ne- ever since that we've never had that. People might think today this is and it's bad now, but it, nothing compares to a civil war, a physical civil war where you, I mean, I can't just imagine, you know. And he had to do what he had to do to keep the union together, you know. And then and the goal is, and emer- we see it with the execution of emergency powers by the executive branch. There's a reason why they exist. You may not agree with all the ones that the decisions they make, but they exist for emergencies to get us through, to get the country and the states through catastrophe. And then we go back to normal again. And the law says it's fine as long as you, you know, you do it as fast as you can and warranting that whatever the, uh, the the crisis is. But then then step back and let let it go back to the Constitution that we that our founding fathers gave us. You know, I, I'm not sure I'm pron- pronouncing this right, but uh, Tanny, right, was the chief justice uh, during the uh, during the Civil War. I think he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, he died in uh, 1864, uh, October mm-hmm. uh, yes. of 1864. But uh, he uh, not only did did Lincoln, and this is according to Ken Burns and to uh, many historians, uh, not only did Lincoln disagree with uh, with the chief justice, he considered imprisoning, <laughs> I put it, throwing him in prison at one point, and I think he was talked out of it. But uh, yeah, Lincoln was heavy, heavy handed in uh, in the beginning, e- extraordinary. You know, extraordinary uh-huh. leadership. But again, he had to do what he had to do. Again, let me just remind folks who they're listening to. Frank McKay here, much more importantly, under Sheriff Steve Keyhouse is our very special guest. He's a wonderful historian on the, the Civil War and, and so many things, a, a wonderful attorney, a former prosecutor, and uh, and current under Sheriff. And he's one of our 52 players uh, for the year and should be for every year. And We'll remind everybody once again to go to the National Night Out, and that's August 3rd, uh, this Tuesday, coming up 
and you will uh, you will have a great time. Uh, uh, Rangers uh, always uh, help sponsor the event and help uh, support the event. Tom Laidlaw, former Ranger, will be there. Ron Duguay has been in there in the past, and I think Tom Laidlaw uh, an another time. But uh, what a great... Um, you know, both, by the way, both Steve Keyhouse and myself are big Ranger fans, so uh, we're excited, uh, you know, always when uh, when Tom Laidlaw and folks like that show up. Great leader, wonderful guy. Uh, once again, Steve Keyhouse is our very special guest. And if you're just joining us, if you're just joining us, you're listening to our weekly edition of 52 Players. And for those who stepped away, Under Sheriff Steve Keyhouse is our our newest edition to this list and let me welcome back under sheriff steve keyhouse uh steve welcome back thank you L let me you know right before the break we were talking uh, about lincoln i mentioned about uh is that chief justice tanny am i pronouncing yes. his mm -hmm. name right? yes i and and i had said and and i know burns said this in his uh in his documentary great documentary on the civil war and uh and you know so many of the other shelby foot spoke about it but everyone basically agrees that that Lincoln considered putting him under arrest at one point I'm not sure what the what the charge what what was it that Lincoln was oh yeah yeah do you remember yeah you know I, yeah he's an interesting character you know especially some of the the uh, the uh, when he you know when he was the um, the main justice on certain decisions you know and um I don't remember specifically. I'd have to go back again to that. But uh, oh, he he's he's been controversial for other reasons as well. You know, um, and, and especially when you look at his decisions in light of 21st century. You know, and even the 20th century. You know, um, Tanny. You, you know, one um, of the one of the key players too. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but uh, you know, I know that you've done a lot of studying on uh, on Stonewall Jackson, and uh, and if you think about it. The uh, the the origins or the first battle of the Civil War um, was uh, was first Manassas, I guess, right? That was the first mm -hmm. uh, bull yes. run, and uh, and basically, uh, I think people thought it would just be a rout. The, the Union Army would go there and and shoot down the rebels and everything else, and it started out to be that, and and I think. Uh, it, it was there, and correct me if I'm wrong, where um, where it looked like it was going to be a route. People came out with picnic baskets to kind of watch it, like you'd watch a volleyball game or a yep. softball game. Tailgate. Yeah. yeah, tailgate, right? They were all there, and they brought wine, and they brought, you know, uh, sandwiches and everything else. And someone at one point, right before it became a route, said, look at Jackson over there standing like a stone wall. and mm -hmm. And he stayed in there. And it turned into a route the other way, and the and the the South, the Confederates, ended up routing the Union, uh, the the Union uh, troops. And if they would have been more organized, if they knew what they were doing, and if they knew how disorganized our, uh, you know, the Northern Army uh, was, they could have probably marched to uh, the, the White House and to just taken over uh, the the whole show. But uh, I, I know you did a lot of studying on Stonewall Jackson. What a character, and what what an amazing oh yeah. figure in history. You know, when yes, and you know when we um, we have friends that live in Manassas, and my older brother lives not that far from Manassas, so we've taken many trips over the years down there. And of course, I love going to the battlefield. And uh, when it was the um, anniversary, it was the um, uh, uh, let's see, was it two twenty? What was the the last anniversary? Um, a hundred uh, and probably a hundred fifty years. Fifty years, yeah. Yeah, it was the 150th anniversary, so we were there, and uh, I bought 
had I, I, they had a print, um, Stonewall Jackson print on his horse um, at that at Manassas, obviously. And then you know, and I bought that print and um, and I have a little uh, bronze statue of him on a horse too. Now um, it's it's really cool um, because uh, I used to read about him when I was young, and I was always upset upset that he you know he was shot by his own men. They didn't know it was him, as you yeah. know, you know when he got wounded and had to amputate his arm, and he ended up later dying. And and that and that as you know that was kind of a, one of the pivotal um, points in the Civil War too. And, you know, not just Gettysburg, but losing that talent. You know what what he could do and him going up and down the Shenandoah Valley and just sneaking around and he could get places where the union didn't know he was circle around. It was, he was just a, a great leader. Um, my dad, when, you know, when I was younger said, uh, I think Steven's a Southern sympathizer. And, and you know, <laughs> it was really, yeah. And I, I said, no, and you know, and I was like, no, you know, it's just because I love the history. I like reading the, the stories of all the, all the players, you know, and, uh, you know, today you got to be careful if you say that because they'll be, you know, they might think something, you know, and that, it's not terrible. We just, yeah. we, we just love history, you know. Yeah. Well, same, same here. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's terrible. We can't erase history, and, and again, it's, uh, you know, just because you appreciate the history. I, by the way, when Jackson lost his left arm, I think the quote, and I, I'm paraphrasing, I don't know the exact quote, but Robert E. Lee said he lost his left arm, and I lost my right. And uh, yes, that's that's right. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, just a. Um, uh, just an amazing character, a uh, very uh, what, what's the word idiosyncratic um, uh, Jackson. He was very, you know he, I think he would he would hold his left arm up in the air during battle and mm -hmm. uh, and he, he felt that it uh, it got the blood flowing to his brain I think more or to the left side of you know something mm -hmm. to his heart maybe but he um, he had all of these uh, idiosyncrasies that uh, that makes him even more of a fascinating character, but. Uh, you talk about one of the great generals in, in American history. Um, you know, again, uh, Shelby, and, and again, look, you, you, you and I both, uh, you know, are, are big Lincoln uh, fans, and it's hard to hard to say you're a Southern sympathizer when, yeah. when you have such yeah. admiration for Lincoln. But the truth of the matter is, uh, when uh, you know, and I think Shelby Foote made this uh, argument that when when people over the years said America never lost well up till Vietnam, never lost a war. Um, that the Southern, the Southerners, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, the, the uh, grandparents, you know, they, they look back and say, well, you know, our part of America lost, lost the yeah. war. So it is a, exactly. you know, it, it's such a monumental event. Mm. Well, let me remind folks once again, and, and I keep pushing this because it's such a great event. And one of the reasons we have under Sheriff. Uh, Steve Keyhouse here with us is is uh, to talk about the uh, the event uh, National Night Out. Uh, you could uh, come there if you enjoy hockey. If you don't enjoy hockey, it doesn't matter. Uh, ice cream, kids, uh, uh, you know, law enforcement. It's just a great feel good event and uh, just absolutely t uh, terrific. Sheriff Errol Toulon will be there hosting, and and Tom Laidlaw is a special guest star. And and uh, you know, I'm going to ask Sheriff uh, Under Sheriff. Uh, Steve Keyhouse to uh, tell us a little more about it. Frank McKay here, much more importantly, August 3rd at, at uh, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can go to Fireman's Memorial Park in Ridge and enjoy it. It's a free event, but everybody come out. It is free for everybody. Come out and meet Tom Laidlaw and, and everybody else and uh, the the uh, the COs, many of them will be there. The deputy sheriffs will be there and they, you know, again, these are uh, just terrific folks. I 
under Sheriff Kios, give us a little rundown of of what National Night Out is all about. Um, you know, National Night Out is uh, it's, it's called National Night Out because it's the same date um, that day on uh, that night, um, August third, throughout the country. Law enforcement goes into the community, and and does and, and gets involved. Not getting they get involved with them like this, like a, like inviting the community in to see the other side of law enforcement that you might not see or hear on the news, you know, um, and uh, and and interact with them in in a, in a fun way, and uh, especially for children. So so the children know, you know, they come there and they see all the fun things, and they're all law enforcement personnel that you know with the ice cream and the, the tug of war and the, you know they, they play the, the the games and the, the ball hockey that we're going to be doing and you know and uh you know we have and we'll have all our vehicles there you know all the cool vehicles and the you know the canine people and um you know everybody loves dogs for the most part you know we love yeah. dogs and and uh you know and uh we'll have the t- we'll have the portable tower like you know like the prison tower you know so they'll have that up in the air and i th- think that they allow people to um if they'd like to go up and see what that's like to be in a, in a guard tower you know and um yeah so that's the opportunity for the, the for law enforcement to welcome the, the community in and, and see the other side you know, and they do that all throughout the country uh, the same night. Um, and you'll see them in uh, various police departments, Suffolk County, PD, and you'll see them in the East End, Southampton Town. I know they have a big one, you know, for their for their residents. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it really it really is fun. There's music playing and, you know, our softball team will be playing. I guess I think they might be playing Suffolk County PD. Um, so that's going to be fun to watch that, you know, all fun competition. Um, you know, he's the sheriff Toulon. You could anybody could come up and chat with him. As you know, he's just an unbelievable person, and he takes the time with people and poses with people. You know, he's he's just a he's he's it's great. Um, and that's and that's generally what you, we're talking about throughout the country, Frank. Yeah, it's look, it's important, and it's important for for several reasons. First of all, I think it's uh, it's necessary for people and the uh, and the taxpayers to to be able to uh to to reach law enforcement unfortunately when when you meet a cop most people when they meet a cop they're ruining their day right they're getting a ticket or something like that but here in Suffolk County we have we have some of the greatest law enforcement and and it goes beyond the the sheriff's office and the corrections office uh, officers and and all those folks but the Suffolk PD are terrific and there's so many of them show oh, up yeah. at at the um, you know, at the National Night Out, and uh, it's it's just an, an absolute great event. And it, you know, it's, it, look, it's important, uh, you know, for moms and dads to to bring their kids out to, uh, you know, to to meet these folks. And and you know, hey, look, it, it I I know uh, National Night Out and different events that the sheriff's office has had under uh, Sheriff Toulon and before him Sheriff Demarco that people have uh, people show up there and 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 they fall in love with the uh, the idea of law enforcement and people start you know thinking hey I'm going to I'm going to do this and we need it we absolutely need it and anyone who hasn't been watching what's going on in, in the country they realize how important it is for us to have uh, you know strong uh, strong police force strong law uh, law enforcement in the jails and and uh, you know people that are uh, that are credible out there we, steve we have a great group of folks and you have a great group of folks over uh, whether they're corrections officers uh, or 
the deputy sheriffs where you are. You, you have a good bunch of folks, men and yeah, women, that uh, that serve the, the community very well. Uh, give a little shout-out uh, to them. Uh, how many... How many members, roughly, are there in, in the corrections and also uh, the deputy sheriffs? Well, we the, the corrections side, uh, you know, went you know before we've had a lot of retirements, but but when we're at our capacity, full capacity, we have like eight hundred might be eight hundred and sixty correction officers, you know, give or take, um, and then the deputy side, you know, two seventy or two sixty. But of course, right now it's less than that because we had so many retirements and because of COVID. We couldn't put academies in. You know, we couldn't put a police academy in, and we couldn't put a correctional academy in. So we're down. But we'll get back up. You know, we're just, you know, we're working on that now, and the, the county's been great, and so we're working on that. But generally, it's like in the high 800s for the corrections, and the, and almost 300 uh, deputies just under that um, is what we have. And um, I think I know almost everybody's name now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. If you do, it, it's it's yeah. Terrible. No, I because I'm out there. I, you know, you know that I'm out there. I'm in the jails all the time. You know, uh, I'm out with the deputies. Uh, I go to the lockup in the courthouse, and um, you know, and 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 our staff. You know, with the you know the sheriff, myself, the other under sheriff, uh, Catalina, and deputy under sheriff. We go we go through the facilities, especially on holidays, Christmas morning, and Easter, Thanksgiving. You know, we we do that, and um, but generally that's my man cave. I like going into the jail, yeah. you know, especially when I'm done for the day. My office stuff, I'll go and I just walk around for it could be two hours, you know, just chatting with everybody. I talk to the inmates, you know, see what they're up to, and I get their opinion of things. It's really fun. It's interesting, and because of my background in the DA's office, I'll, you know, a lot of inmates remember me, and they they go, I'll, I'll walk and they'll say, Hey, Mr. Kios, and they start asking me legal advice. <laughs> Yeah. Because they know my background. It's really fun. I don't give it to them because they have lawyers, but I, right. <laughs> I I enjoy chatting with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's it's interesting. It's deep. Uh, you know, your experience level is deep and, and you have a lot of talent over there with the with the CEOs and the deputy sheriffs. I, you, you know, and you know when that really, really shines uh, uh, events like the National Light Night Out, which, of course, is uh, this Tuesday, uh, August 3rd. And uh, and again, uh, you also have open houses, uh, and uh, and you have them usually in the in, in the fall. I don't know if you had one during yes. COVID. Yeah, yeah, we'll have one this year in the fall. Correct. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's terrific. Uh, it, give us a little uh, something on on Sheriff Toulon. Uh, we we've had him on the show uh, several times. He's always great, but he is a, a, a an amazing uh, individual. He he's got his doctorate. Right, he's got his doctorate in education. Uh, he's he's a corrections officer, so it's not he, like he just plucked out of the the sky. I mean, he's he's earned his uh, stripes, uh, so literally earned his stripes at Rikers Island, a very tough place to be. And he's also a two-time cancer survivor. And he, uh, by the way, a former Yankee bat boy. I, I mean, he, you know, he's uh, he's had a very like you, uh, Sheriff Toulon's had an amazingly deep career and and very diverse uh, give us a little something that we might not know about him uh what can you say about his leadership oh my gosh you know it's interesting because i never i never knew him like and it's i know so many just because of my career you know i i just i knew so many people and and because it wasn't just the east end i was in charge of the east end for the days for 20 years of my 30 years but but before then, you know, I was working, you know, Suffolk County PD and the detectives and, you know, all the different individual specialized units. And um, I and, you know, and I knew everybody. But when his name came up, I'm like, oh, 
you know, I didn't know him. And we joke about it now. I go, I can't believe I didn't know you back then. And, you know, we just did never cross paths, you know. And uh, But he's one of those people who, like, when you meet him for the first time, and I remember the first time I met him in person, I felt like I knew him. And he said the same thing. And, you know, it's funny because when uh, before I met him, one of my friends who um, – who met him he's an attorney he used to work in the da's office too he said to me he goes he, he texts me and he said you know i just met uh errol tulon he and he, i think i was just speaking to the to the african-american version of steve keyhouse that's what he said <laughs> to me <laughs> yeah. and i'm like what and i you know and then when i met him you know I, you know i don't know what that means you know to, i guess how people see me but when I met him, it's like I knew we. It felt like we knew each other a long time, and uh, and and, and that's kind of like you know how it was. And but you know you have to like coming in. His credentials already spoke for themselves as far as you know what he's been through and what he's done, and in such a large institution, you know, over in the city, and then being deputy commissioner of corrections, too. You know, I mean that's huge. You know, and um, so he. Um, so it's, there's no doubt that he he has the ability to run, you know, run an organization, and he's got the law enforcement background, no doubt, and specialized units while he was there, you know. So he knows. So, but when you see him um, take command, he does it in a, in a way that um, he's not he's not overbearing, and he doesn't shout. He never sh- he's always he never shouts, he never yells at anybody, but he makes his point because you respect him so much, you don't want to disappoint him. And I told him that one time, we just don't want to. Dis- you know, it's like your child doesn't want to disappoint a parent. And yeah. I know with my girls growing up, if I ever said I'm disappointed in you, they'd start bawling, you uh, know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it is with him. It's like you just don't he, – he has great ideas. He's always studying. He's studying um, the most recent, um, you know, the most recent uh, programs and, and facilities throughout the world, not just the country. He's reading and reading and reading. In fact, he always, like, you know, like, don't get me anything for my birthday other than books or Christmas books, books, books. Right. And sometimes he, yeah, and sometimes he provides a list. These are the <laughs> books that I, I, it's like his wish list of books. Yeah. So we look at it and like, yeah, you know, and so we get him the books. Um, and, and I give him books that I think he would enjoy reading too, you know. Um, and, and so, yeah, he's that type of leader. He's always studying. Um, and then, and the other thing with him is too is, you know, if something isn't, if if he wants us to do something, and it say after a while it doesn't work, frankly, he's always open, and he'll say, all right, then if that's the case, let's change it. You know, and he asks us our, our opinion. You know, he gets our input, and that's and you and I know from studying leaders, you have to surround yourself with the right cabinet, the right not yes people, not yes people, people who we're gonna they're gonna sh- we come from different backgrounds, under Sheriff Catalina and. Katusko and myself and you know we have others that i give my opinion you know and then but whatever his decision is it is and he respects my decision and he asks me and the other ones he'll ask me my opinion and um and i know he's genuine and sincere about it and um and sometimes you bring up an idea that you think is he's just gonna say i don't know and he'll say yeah you know what that and he'll he'll do it he'll implement it it's a pleasure and i never knew the man you know i'm not saying listen I don't have to say this because, oh, shoot, I want to keep my job. Because, Frank, I got 35 and a half years in the system, yeah. and I worked my tail off all 35 and a half years, you know. So if I were to retire today, I'd be fine, you know. Yeah. My you know, my daughters are all – my one's – you know, she's married and going to have a baby. My other one is graduated from the University of Florida. She's done, you know. So 
So, but so there's not this like, oh, I got I got to yes them. No, it's not like that, you know. And but at the same time, I don't want to disappoint them, and uh, and that's how it is. That's terrific. I, I mean, just absolutely terrific. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Under Sheriff Steve Keyhouse is our very special guest. You're listening to 52 Players. And uh, another reminder, August 3rd, Tuesday, August 3rd, between 5 and 8 p.m., National Night Out. And it's a it's a national event, and the sheriff's office is uh, is is the sponsor and the host, and uh, a guest, uh, a special guest uh, there will be Tom Laidlaw from the Ranger Ranger fame, and I, I know people know him from the uh, the Kings, but we here we are on the East Coast, and we just know him as a Ranger, and, and we'll always see him as a Ranger. Uh, another uh, great um, thinker about leadership and so forth. Tom Laidlaw is an author. And a tremendous, not only a tremendous athlete, but a wonderful motivational speaker. But he'll be there. Everybody come out. It's a great event, a free event. If you're looking for things to do that are wholesome and, and nice to do with the family and, and doesn't cost a cent, uh, come down to National Night Out. And it's August 3rd at Fireman's Memorial Park in Ridge. And, you know, we'll remind you one more time before uh, before we go. But uh, under Sheriff Keyhouse, let me ask you again uh, just before we go if there's anything that we should know about the sheriff's uh, department that's coming up in this next year I, I think we see light at the end of the tunnel now with the with the pandemic hopefully we don't fall back into to anything but is there uh, is there anything different about this year going forward than than obviously coming out of the pandemic is there is your role uh, as as the sheriff's department and, and you know the sheriff's role uh, does it change much now or, or is it is it all fluid uh, depending on what happens with the uh, with the pandemic and so forth or everything coming up it, it's pretty much fluid and um, we're, we're the, we have the ability because we have such talented people like on the correction side and and the deputy side you know with between the warden and the deputy wardens and the, on the other side with the you know the, dep- the chief deputy sheriff and the um the um chief of staff and the captains we it's fluid but when we hit a bump just like at any other time we're able to adjust and we're it's so smooth it's amazing like you know the sheriff spoke to you about covid and how we were getting ready before everyone else and if you think about it that you if you're in corrections that means that you've survived, that you've been able to have a plan when Ebola was going through, when TB always goes through. I remember them, the inmates coming over to court and, and, you know, wearing these suits and masks, you know, and, and the flu. God, God forbid the flu. People forget the flu. If the flu goes rampant through the jail, problem, big yeah. problem, yeah. you know. So they, these people, like, say, so you know what, we have a plan from the past. Let's, let's update it. Let's revise it. Let's see what else we could do. And you know what, Frank, and he told you. You know, we were very fortunate, if you want to look at it that way, is, you know, with the bail reform, which, I, of course, I disagree with. Of That's course. a whole other conversation. But so does the sheriff. Us, <laughs> the sheriff. Yeah, which it, but it, yes, and very outspoken on it. But he, uh, but we had the room to quarantine. And so we started doing that before, you know, any other institution. We already started doing that, and it worked. And he told you we had zero up for nine months. We had zero cases, you know. So so we're able to adjust so it is fluid um the good thing is you know hopefully you know we we're we're coming out of this thing you know but we had programs that were that we were going to additional program you know the sheriff has started so many programs and or enhanced programs that we've had already for the inmates and and there were some that we were just about to implement and um and then COVID hits we had to stop so now we'll be able to do that and um 
and, and then get those goes get those things going uh, um, and resume you know like the carpentry and small uh, motor engine and um, and you know there's a whole bunch of other things that we have lined up that we can maybe implement and get get that going um, so yeah it, it's good and hopefully Frank we're replenishing we're going to be replenishing our officers on both sides um, and get them back up and into full capacity uh, sheriff uh, under sheriff Steve Keyhouse, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, also, for everything that you've done. Congratulations on an amazing career. Still going through 35 years in the system. Uh, you know, boy, that is, uh, you've, you've seen it all, and you've seen it all from a leadership standpoint, and you've seen leaders in different styles. It's uh, It's been great to talk to you here. A little bit about the Civil War, but certainly about National Night Out. Uh, Steve, thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. And, uh, you know, actually, I'm honored because I listen, I listen to to your your podcast and uh, or on on the radio you know if they play it again so i'm like honored that you even considered me so thank uh, you so much fantastic by the way we should also you mentioned your mom but your mom a legendary figure for for years in and around politics and and just give her a quick shout out if you don't mind sure. you know uh, tell us uh, real quick who your mom was yeah my mom was uh peggy Kehas. so you know it's it's funny because i run it i still run into people that they look at my last name and say are you related to Peggy? You know, yeah, it's my mom. So my mom, <laughs> briefly, my mom started out just in a secretarial pool in the town of Islip back in the early 70s. And uh, by by just because she was a hard worker, uh, she filled in for the supervisor secretary when she was on vacation. And, and then there was, a you know, Peter Kohal, and I think he ran a primary when he first got, you know, introduced in there. And he ran primary, and he needed somebody, so they picked my mother because she was the one that was the fastest typer. She was the one that was always reliable when they needed her in a pinch. And she just she didn't know anything about politics, didn't know anything, you know. And she learned um, quick. In fact, when she, 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 she comes out to Suffolk County, and, you know, when we, they moved from Queens, and she goes to, get, to fill out an application out of Islip, and they, they said, uh, what party is she's like? I think she was an Irish Democrat because they were all the Irish. Right. My parents, my grandparents were immigrants from Ireland my, on my mother's side, you know. And like, she said, well, you have to be a Republican, so you have to go sign up to, okay. And she didn't know, you know. And then she got her little job. And then, But just because of her personality, she rose up through the ranks. She, you know, supervisor, she was his executive assistant, and then county uh, exec. And she was the gatekeeper, you know. And amazing, uh, amazing stories that she gave me as, as an adult. Oh, my God. You know, it's talk about writing a book crazy you know fun too but but frank thank you so much i, I really appreciate you having me on once again we thank under sheriff steve keyhouse for being here with us and and uh, what a wonderful career last reminder here tuesday five to eight go to fireman's memorial park in ridge and that you can uh, take part in the national night out and and uh, sheriff's department uh, will will be there in full force and uh, PD I think we'll be playing uh, you know some softball with them Tom Laidlaw from the Ranger fame will will be there and you know you meet a bunch of pros uh, and on the law enforcement side and on the hockey side and it's just a great event it's completely free it's wholesome it's everything's wonderful Fireman's Memorial Park in Ridge 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, the sheriff's national night out. Come out and, and meet. Uh, and oh, go ahead. And 
No, what I said I was gonna. I wanted to thank the town of Brookhaven because they're co-sponsoring it too. You know, like uh, Supervisor Ed Romaine and Jane Bonner. You know, so I want to thank them because they, you know, without that, you know, we wouldn't be able to have it. They they've been great uh, partners uh, with with the sheriff's office this whole time, and they're fantastic. Supervisor Romaine and and Councilwoman Bonner. Uh, it's just a, a, a lot of a lot of wonderful folks down there. Everyone, come out. Everyone come out. You can meet uh, under Sheriff uh, Toulon. I, I'm sorry, under Sheriff uh, Keyhouse and Sheriff Toulon will be there. And I think under Sheriff Catalina will be there. And you mentioned a bunch of other folks. And, and, and come out and see everybody. Uh, free event, everybody, Tuesday, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, I'll be there, and we hope to see every one of you there. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on 52 Players. <laughs>